To be honest, I worry about not being as good as everyone else. To be honest, I worry about not living up to other people's expectations of myself. Now cue the inappropriately cheerful music. Welcome to To Be Honest. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm Grace. And I thought we'd start off this episode with a little anecdote that happened this week. So, basically, I wasn't happy with my French mark, so I went to go visit my French teacher and ask her if she could raise it for me. And I had this whole thing planned where I was going to say, Oh, my study habits were really bad at the start of the quarter, but you can look at my grades and they improve and I worked really hard. So I think raising my mark would be a better reflection of my skill. And long story short, she didn't raise my mark and I cried about it for like an hour afterwards. I don't even know why. It's not even that big of a deal. But (laughs) what I was getting at is academia is a really big part of my life, evidently enough to shed many tears over (laughs) and then i think it's for a good reason too right i always grew up in competitive environments i have asian parents who do compare me to other kids same i feel like my parents don't compare me to other people as much it's definitely not something that they're trying to do and it's definitely something that they haven't done for a pretty long time but i when i was younger I had a family friend who lived pretty close and she did a lot of like extracurricular math and over the summer she would do like math every single day or whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember my parents would be jokingly comparing me to her. I feel like they weren't intending to, I don't know, force me to do more math or anything. But even when something is said jokingly, It still leaves a bit of an impact. I thought it was kind of funny because, Grace, you are the neighbor's kid. Or honestly, both of us are kind of the neighbor's kid, but I feel like... We're (laughs) goody-two-shoes. We're goody-two-shoes. But then that just goes to show, even if you're goody-two-shoes, you still get compared to other kids, right? Also, just our character development. Because when I was younger, I was a lot more happy-go-lucky, and I think that I didn't really care about what my parents said when they compared me to other people as you can see i can't remember a lot of instances of it even happening but it did happen a little bit when i was younger well (laughs) i i i've been compared to you a little bit this might come as news (laughs) no it's nothing bad though but it's um it was more along the lines of something similar like you said but you do a lot of extracurricular things as well and then your schedule is quite packed (laughs) compared to mine which is, I, I have, like, piano, and that's it, <laughs> and school. Yeah, but then um, it was more in this sense of, oh, look at Grace. She has all these extracurricular activities, and then she still gets all her homework done and everything like that, and then me struggling here with my procrastination. But you know what? I fired back with that, with that I think it's called Parkinson's Law, where it's um, your, you take the amount of time you give yourself to complete a task or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I think of it as, like, the sponge law, because you soak up time like a sponge. Mm. And it is really true. But anyways, I do like comparing yourself to others and my parents comparing me to other kids. 
obviously it has a lot of negative impacts and I feel like those have been well discussed already but (laughs) it does push you to work harder does it not it kind of does and that's the part where it's like well we have to find whether the pros outweigh the cons because obviously competition is good to a certain extent when you're motivated by competition when it makes you want to try harder when it makes you want to maybe catch up or learn because you're inspired by the people around you. But it's definitely a slippery slope that you can fall down if you're not careful because you can also easily get discouraged. Mm-hmm. And we're both in pretty competitive school environments, right? Or I am at least. I think that you might be in a more competitive school environment than I am. Or maybe I am just making it competitive for myself. <laughs> I think that might be part that of might it. Be. Yeah, I can think of several pretty academically competitive people at your school, but you probably don't compare yourself with them. I feel like it's impossible not to compare yourself with other people. I just mm. try not to let it get to me and I try not to think about it and I think I also try not to voice it it's kind of like defining the truth for yourself like if you say something a lot maybe this is getting into manifesting but if you say something a lot you might believe it and I think I tell myself a lot that I don't want to compare myself to other people and I don't want to make my friendships and Because in the school program that I'm in, I like to say that it's kind of like a family and I don't want to make my friendships and relationships there toxic for myself by comparing myself to other people. That just feels unfair both ways. I agree. Because as you said, competitive school environments, they definitely help a lot in certain aspects. Like Mm -hmm. the point of the program is literally to put yourself in a group of (laughs) like-minded individuals with like similar aspirations and academic ability, I guess. So you guys can motivate each other. It's like, I love the environment I'm in. (laughs) I love my friends, but it does put a lot of pressure on you because all of them are such amazing individuals. Why can't I be as amazing as them, right? Yeah, I think that just goes back to the to be honest that we shared at the beginning of the episode. I think that those are very true, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's interesting how um, Amy and I experience very similar things, but we approach it in a different way, and those statements are really true to both of us. Yeah, because I wrote, I worry about not being as good as everyone else. I feel like that ties more into comparing um, my accomplishments to others or something like that, while graces i wrote i worry about not living up to other people's expectations of myself and i think that goes into a bit a bit of peer pressure and i guess like sometimes feeling that i'm not good enough but not in a way where i'm comparing it to other people as much as i'm comparing it to other people's like idea of who i am mm-hmm Anyways, the question we wrote down here was, what are some pros and cons of competitive school environments? So already we said that a pro of competitive school environments is they push you to become better people. 
or perform better academically at least. And also you are surrounded by a group of people with similar academic ability or similar aspirations so that that can motivate you to work harder in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But what are some cons of competitive school environments? I think definitely one of the cons is giving up on something because you feel like you're miles behind on a certain area or subject. Um, An example of this, back in the middle school program that I was in, we had to do these monthly math contests, and I knew so many people who gave up on them and dreaded them just because there were a few really talented mathematicians in our class. And because of that, everyone else or a lot of other people just backed away and thought, oh, like, that's not me. The real mathematician, like the really talented person is so-and-so, and I'm just not even going to try. Because I know people who yeah. would just speed run through the math competition. I knew someone who would just click random answers just to get over, like, just to get it over with and not even try. Um, I think even personally, I experienced a bit of that where I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to kind of let go of the math part of my identity. Because compared to these amazing people, like, my math sucks. And... I'm never going to get there, so I might just, like, give up a little bit. Like, I'm not going to try and aim for the top spot. I'm just going to move along where I am kind of slowly. And I think there were definitely points where I was also dreading the contests. And I would just, like, be looking forward to getting them over with rather than actually challenging myself to do the best of my abilities. Yeah, it it sounds a lot like, oh, what's the point of trying in this contest yeah. if I know I'm not going to win anything or not be the exactly. best? And math is a really good example because mm-hmm. there are math gods. <laughs> <laughs> I will call them that. <laughs> but then it's also important to not just label them as gods or naturally talented at math because mm-hmm. I can assure you they probably put in a lot of work, a lot of time into developing their math talent. Which is kind of funny that sometimes I put those labels on people. It's definitely not my intention to put any pressure on them, but it's funny because, like, pressure from my peers or what I take to be pressure from my peers is something that is really prevalent in my life. I think it's interesting that sometimes we do it so naturally or I do it so naturally that I don't even think about like Amy said, the consequences that it might have if I'm putting unfair labels on someone, like math god. Even though it's flattering, it's putting an unrealistic expectation on someone. At the same time, this kind of relates to you, to be honest. (laughs) But the way people perceive you and how you appear to others, it does affect your self-perception. And then it will eventually affect how your identity develops. It's like, I think you called yourself labeled as piano person at your middle school program. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like that probably drove you to try harder in piano since people labeled you as the piano person, right? Yeah, a little Or bit. for those so-called math gods, after being called so-called math gods, they must perform as so-called math gods or else they're a sham, you know? Yeah. So it's back to the pros and cons of this. Mm-hmm. Like, to a certain extent, it is motivating, but... It can also 
be really discouraging at times. And it can be really stressful. And this whole thing is kind of towing the line between the identity or strengths and weaknesses thing as well. Because of course, yeah. everyone wants something that they're good at, better than average at. Some people will have things that they're worse at, worse than average at. And of course, you can improve on it and everything, but no one is actually going to be 100% at everything, I think. Everyone probably has a set of information or points about themselves that they use when they're introducing themselves. Like the interview question, tell me about yourself, you know? Usually you will list out a couple of your hobbies, maybe some personality traits, some things you um, are good at, some things you might not actually know. You probably wouldn't talk about your weaknesses unless they asked you, but (laughs) you see what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, for sure. And I remember hearing um, something once that said our brains like can't really comprehend everyone as a three-dimensional person. So we kind of just stick labels on people and that's where those expectations kind of Mm -hmm. come from. Like the math god, piano (laughs) goddess type of labels that definitely, again, aren't realistic. I mean, on beyond the receiving ends of those labels, good labels, of course, is definitely good and very flattering and definitely pushes you to be better in that aspect of your life. But also it puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, but it's like one can't exist without the other. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, it's also kind of like the whole Asian stereotype where um, people are like, oh, but being smart is a good thing. But at the same time, it can be damaging to have a stereotype like that. It's flattering that other people think that you're smart, but it also puts mm-hmm. a lot of pressure and stress. And also the thing with competitive school environments is it's kind of weird because <laughs> I love my friends, but <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird because we are competing with each other in a sense, I guess. Because um, in my school, we're very university-focused. There are also competitive programs with limited spots. So um, my classmates, I'm competing with them in order to get in this university, you know? So I don't know. It feels kind of weird sometimes. I and mean, I feel like there are kind of negative impacts on our relationships. I definitely think any situation where you might be comparing yourself to other people, there is going to be a little bit of, like, buildup of maybe toxicity. If you're comparing yourself, there's something that's probably going to result from that, and that can definitely be negative to the relationship. Mm, Yeah, and I can say from personal experience that we're a lot less willing to share larger projects or applications or competitions that we're doing and then i feel like part of that is definitely because we don't want to come off like we're breaking or we don't want to unintentionally make the other party feel bad about themselves we're not doing anything but also it does kind of feel like you don't want them to know that you're getting ahead or doing something maybe out of the fear competition that's a kind of narcissistic view on it and i don't think i actually view my friends in the same way but i do realize some type of weird tension when we talk about this type of academic stuff 
And I don't know if that's just us trying to restrict our personal relationship on a personal level and leave the academic competitive stuff out of it so we feel more comfortable when we're talking to each other and don't view each other as competition, which I definitely appreciate. But that just goes to show that these competitive school environments kind of make it an uncomfortable topic to talk about. I think a lot of it comes from us knowing that we will compare ourselves with each other and then we compare ourselves to what they're doing, what they're accomplishing, what grades they're getting. And adding on to what you said, especially with grades, that feels like a super sensitive subject. Like, I always feel really weird about um, giving, like, the percentage that I got in a certain class because if... I don't know if this is true or not, or maybe it's just me, but I feel like as soon as there's a number involved, like, you can't really help but compare them. Yeah, even if it's just, like, 1%, (laughs) they got a 96 and I I got a 95. (sighs) And you just feel weird about it. Okay, and part of it is also, like, if you do think you're better at that subject, or let's say you got a higher grade than one of the math gods or something like that, then, of course, you're comparing yourselves with each other. And then the math god person would definitely feel super bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I would feel pretty happy, (laughs) not going to lie. And I feel like if you know um, someone who's better than you, if you know what their grade is and you're always trying to catch up and you never can, that doesn't feel great either. Mm -hmm. Because, like... Sometimes you're like, oh, just, like, this test was just a bad day for me. I'll do better next time. And you, like, make excuses for yourself. And you tell yourself, oh, no, I'll do it next time. I'll do it next time. But it never comes. Then you can easily get super discouraged in that subject. Yeah. And remember my anecdote from earlier on? Um, (laughs) Part of my sadness from all of that also came from the fact that I didn't think I was worse at French than... Um, my peers but then they got better grades than me and then I can't argue with it either because they performed better than me on the tests and then I have that excuse where I'm like oh my study habits were bad but also I think I did have a bit of an ego around French where I thought I should have been getting better or similar grades to this person but I did not and that made me more sad because then that made me compare myself to them in a level outside of French I was going to say, um, I've heard before, most people would rather be labeled as, like, bad work habits than dumb. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, even though a lot of the time we're told, oh, like, working hard is really, really good, like, almost everyone would rather say, oh, I was just, like, not, I didn't study for this test at all and I got a bad mark, then say, oh my gosh, I tried so hard, and, like, I really wanted to do well, but I didn't. Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of branching into another section, but my brother asked me this question a while ago, which I thought was pretty interesting, where it's if you have 12 points and you can distribute them between three categories, which were intelligence, ambition, and beauty, how do you distribute them? So... You could either give four to each, so you'd be an average-looking person, an average-intelligent person, an average-ambition person, 
or you could play around with numbers as you liked. And I remember, I think I put my intelligence at either a five and then I put my um, ambition at a three or something like that. So my intelligence was higher than my ambition, even though I admitted to him, oh, if I actually wanted to be a successful person, I would probably put ambition really high. And he was like, if you want to be successful, why wouldn't you just put your ambition higher? And I'm just like, that hurts my ego too much. I can't do it. <laughs> They're like working so hard when I'm actually stupid. But I, even if I achieve great things, I'm still stupid. Because <laughs> then if I were to give myself a three in the intelligence category, then I'd be considered below average. And I just cannot handle that fact. It hurts. It hurts my soul too much. <laughs> okay, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but that that was a true story semi-related story um i remember when i was in grade five i was obsessed with the harry potter books to be honest i was obsessed with them for a lot longer than that too but back then i really wanted to be in ravenclaw i would do the test and i would get in hufflepuff and i was sad because ravenclaw was the smart house and hufflepuff was like the hardworking house, but they're just, like, the house. The useless that, house. Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. Literally, they are kind of the useless house. Yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff, too. Me, too. It's okay. I, I, was, I, I was always a Hufflepuff. <laughs> but I think, like, as I grew up and developed as a character, I think as I grew up, I started valuing working hard and trying your best a lot more. And I think that I know that this is comparing to the very um, subjective and whimsical world of Harry Potter. But I accepted my Hufflepuff-ness. Good for you. Thank you. And I think that's kind of like what Amy said, because back then I just really wanted to be smart and I didn't really care about um, ambition or like working hard as much. And I think that a lot of people mm-hmm. that I've talked to now think that I've been always hardworking and always, I don't know, someone who tries really hard in school. But I haven't really always been. I mean, I have always tried hard in school, but I think there's definitely a time where I didn't value that as much. And I think if you value your skills more than you value like your grit and your resilience, it's a lot easier to get um, less motivated or like discouraged when you don't succeed at something. I remember something that Amy told me was the study where they told certain kids that they were smart and other kids that they were hardworking. Do you want to explain that, Amy? Oh, yeah. I think that test was basically just talking about the fixed and the growth mindset. And I'm pretty sure teachers plug this a lot to students these days. But then (laughs) basically, yeah, they had one group of kids um, who they told were naturally smart. And then they had another group of kids who were told that they were hardworking and then they were off to set a puzzle. And then the kids who were told that they were just naturally smart ended up performing worse because then they um, realized that, oh, I'm just this smart. I can solve this level of problem. But once I get here, I am just not smart enough to solve this sort of problem. But the kids with the growth mindset who were told that they were able to solve these problems because they worked hard recognized that, 
oh, even though this problem is more difficult to me right now, if I work hard, I can improve and I can get there. It's not like my intelligence or my skill is capped at a certain point. And I think that's really important for us students to realize as well. Yeah. This is a little off topic, but I was realizing that a lot of us go to lengths to kind of exaggerate how we're put at a natural disadvantage rather than just saying that we're bad at something or we're worse at something, which is good and probably a very useful self-preservation technique. But for example, before I got any tutoring of any sort, I would always express myself very clearly that I didn't get any tutoring, but my grades were still pretty good compared to other people's. Okay, of course I didn't say that to my friends or anything like that, but I told my parents that, of course. And then, yeah, that makes me feel good about myself because I am at a disadvantage, right? Because I don't get tutoring, right? But then look at me, I'm still performing so well against the odds. Yeah, and then I had another friend who had a really, really messed up sleep schedule. And then she would, like, never get her work done on time or anything like that. But then she kind of had that vibe to her where she was like, oh, everyone knows I'm still smart, but I'm just not hardworking, which is why I'm not getting the good grades. But both of those kind of um, proves the point of the self-preservation techniques of putting yourself at it, some sort of a disadvantage to make yourself feel better about yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was actually so well phrased. Dang. Like, I didn't realize that that was true, but as you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, like, I've experienced that so much in my life. Yeah, and I do that as well. And it's, like, necessary, right? But also, it's not very mm-hmm. good. <laughs> but also, we're kind of forced to think that way because we're put in a competitive school environment. Yeah, I feel like we have to, because we have to make excuses for kind of why we're in that program or why we're in the situation, um, especially when we feel like we're not as good as the people around us or we're not as good as everyone thinks we are. Mm-hmm. And then I said that the point of these school environments, the good part of it was kind of that it pushes you to be better, right? And then be mm-hmm. as good as everyone else. But then wanting to keep up with others, you do kind of get that sense of like, oh, if I'm not as good as other people, why would they want to be friends with me? Like if I don't have any value academically or I guess in other aspects as well. But why would they be friends with a lowly me if I'm not as good as them? Like I don't belong here. I think that's like especially prevalent in IB. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But yeah. I feel like in IB, there's a lot more focus on post-secondary. Yeah. And, like, getting into colleges, universities. Yeah, definitely. Um, building your resume and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. both of us live in the same area. And then I would say that IB and your program that you're currently in right now are probably the two biggest academic programs in our area and then all the kids who put a heavy emphasis on university goes to IB and then I don't know how do you describe the people at your school or in your program I would say that a lot of the people come to the program that I'm in because there's a heavy emphasis on leadership there and Mm. learning soft skills like communication organizing an event 
um, contacting different charities, different organizations, and experience in that sense. When you were talking about your school, there's actually something interesting that I kind of wanted to say, is that Mm -hmm. I remember you were describing this guy who used to go to your school who seemed super, super amazing. And my first thought was, oh, this guy must go to Harvard or something. Because (laughs) he went on all of these like super huge leadership trips. Seems like he um, was involved in a lot of leadership programs and everything and all that good stuff that universities love and people in my program are trying to accumulate, right? Mm -hmm. But then you told me the university he went to. And then Mm -hmm. it's certainly not a bad university. It's great. But then it's nothing showy at all. And I was so surprised. And I told my dad, and he was also so surprised. And then (laughs) it really got me thinking about how um, we have different values, you know? And then even though that person who you described was super, super great academically, super great leadership and probably would have gotten to American University if he tried. He just chose to stay um, here in our country. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It is super interesting. And it's really interesting to see how different people come to these different programs, depending on, like you said, where they want to go later on. I think IB definitely is the internationally recognized program. Mm -hmm. It's definitely the one where people who want to go to more ambitious uh, post-secondary programs would choose. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, I wouldn't call any of the people um, in your program not as ambitious but in just ambitious in different regards, right? And then that same guy I was talking about, it's like, he's still going to go on and achieve really, really great things. Like, he's going to grow to become a great person. And a lot of the people in your program are going to grow to become a great person. So then, I don't know. That was was a shock to Amy's values (laughs) that she's grown up with since she was a wee child. (laughs) Oh, also, um, when I was talking to my French teacher earlier on in this week, and then she was being really nice about not letting me change my mark. And she was like, you're still going to get into all those academic programs you want to. And then I made a snide comment going like, yeah, just raised with different values, I guess. (laughs) Ooh, I feel like that happens a lot with like people who go up to teachers and ask for a better mark. Yeah, but honestly, I think every single single class I've had so far, the teacher has had to preference like, oh, your grades do not matter. <laughs> like, focus on learning the material, not just your grades. And of course, none of us actually take it to heart. We're just like, haha, very funny. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like when I get older, who knows? Maybe I will care about grades less, but nothing can change my mind right now. <laughs> I think also just the environments that we've grown up with and our parents' attitudes towards um, academic achievements and academic success definitely framed who we are today. I think I can say that we're both pretty people-pleasery people. Mm-hmm. We want to live up to the expectations of our parents and the people around us. Yeah. And I think actually one of the reasons why I went to Ta- Talons, the program that I'm in, Of course, it was also because I really wanted to go and I wanted to be able to be a better leader. But it was also because my dad encouraged me to go there because as I've grown up, he's taken a different approach with me 
And he's told me a lot that he doesn't really care about whether or not I get full marks on something or whether or not I am 100% in all of my different subject areas. And instead, he just wants me to learn as much as I can and be able to say, even if I get like an 80%, if I can take the same test the next year and get a 70%, he would be happy with me because I'd be able to retain the information that I've learned. And I think because he's said that to me so much, that definitely shaped my values and how I approach school. And I think that it definitely puts a lot less pressure from my parents for my grades and everything. But I think I still do put a certain amount of pressure on myself to try my best. Even if I try to tell myself it doesn't matter if I get like, I don't know, a 99 or a 98. But I still want to do as well as I can. And regardless of what you say, the percentage is still kind of a way of tracking your progress. And it can be really discouraging when you don't see that percentage go up, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think your dad has farmed probably the best of both worlds here because you still care about your education and care about your grades, but also you don't feel pressured from your parents to just to just do really well academically and just get really good grades. Mm-hmm. Like, focusing on the education, that's really good. And honestly, when you first told me about that, I was very skeptical. I was like, that's suspicious. There's no way he's actually doing that with honest intentions. Maybe he's doing some type of psychology trick <laughs> to get grades to actually um, end up getting better grades. But then he just changes her mindset. So she's she thinks that she doesn't care about her grades. But honestly, he, he's just making sure she gets better grades. <laughs> but let's, let's not worry about that. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I I would... That sounds so conspiracy theory and honestly I would not be completely surprised if there isn't a bit of that because no person is perfect and I wonder if my dad would do the same thing if I wasn't someone who was already doing like pretty well with school that's true anyways do you feel the need to be the best at everything Well, there is definitely a hope to be good at something as soon as you try. It's kind of like thinking, oh, maybe I'm the chosen one at this. <laughs> I think I it would definitely be, I guess, a pleasant surprise if you did something it, or if I did something and found that I was amazing at it. But I think that there's so much pressure that you put on yourself when you expect yourself to be good at everything. Mm, um obviously again there's a fine line between telling yourself that you're gonna fail everything before you even try it because that's not a good mindset either but if you are telling yourself that you're gonna succeed at something before you do it if you don't do as well as you hoped there's probably a big chance I'm just going to speak for myself if I put that kind of pressure on myself I think there's a big chance that I'll give up um, on doing it if it doesn't meet my exceedingly high expectations. What about you, Amy? Um, I would say I still come from a 
background or an elementary school experience where I thought I was like the top tier student, you know, and I was meant to just perform better than everyone else. That was kind of the A for average mentality that I held, you know, and then Mm -hmm. um, evidently after coming into a very academically rigorous program with a lot of amazing people, I would definitely not consider myself as one of the top tier students at our school anymore. But I feel like that's fine as well because our average is just really high. (laughs) And also, I should just not compare myself with others because that's unhealthy. (laughs) To be honest, Amy, I definitely think that you undersell yourself a lot of the time. Partially just because you're like little fish in a big pond because the program you're in is super academically focused and there are so many amazing people there Mm -hmm. but I think that you don't give yourself enough credit for a lot of things yeah and you're super humble all the time about all your accomplishments and I think that you should take more credit for yourself and be more confident with what you've done thanks Grace (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I will work on that Mm. but I think I saw this other psychological experiments somewhere where I think it was a survey asking people to rank themselves as below average, average, or above average, and most people rank themselves slightly above average. And then I think that's probably another like ego preservation technique where everyone thinks that they're just better than others, but then I think it's important to think of yourself as special in your own way that sounds really condescending but um this kind of it's like the strength and weakness thing where you have to recognize that there are special things about everybody and then unspecial things about you (laughs) on a yeah semi-related note I think that I gained a lot of confidence in academics because of the program I was in before we had a lot of projects that we had to do. Um, and we had a lot of ongoing projects at the same time. So a lot of the time when I was in a stressful academic situation, I would just remind myself, oh, it's okay, Grace. You've survived having, I don't know, like eight projects at the same time before. You're going to be fine. And I think that that's built me up yeah. to have a certain amount of confidence in my academics. But at the same time, I definitely have a fake it till you make it um, mentality where a lot of the time I feel like, I don't know if this is borderline imposter syndrome, I don't want to self-diagnose myself. But um, a lot of the time I feel like I'm only confident with some stuff um, regarding academics because of what other people have told me about my academics. Because... Honestly, I don't think that I'm any better than anybody else in my class. I don't think that I'm, I don't think my writing is any better than other people. Sometimes I think that, oh my gosh, I've gotten this far in piano, but like my sight reading isn't even that great. Like some people can grab a piece of sheet music that they've never seen before and play it right off the bat. And I can't even do that. How did I pass level 10? How am I, how have I done ARCT? How is Like, how am I doing all of this? It feels like there's a lot of pressure, and I think that I've built that onto myself sometimes because 
I've been faking it till I make it. I think that, Emu, you like to... I feel like you're a lot more humble in what you do and how you do everything. Like, a lot of the time... Am I? Yeah, no, you preface stuff. I feel like you're a lot more relatable to other people, too. I was just say, I think I'm a lot more insecure than you, but I think you're very humble. Overly humble. <laughs> Thank you. I... I'm not sure. I feel like you're more relatable to other people because you do that. Because I don't, I don't know. I think that we're all just insecure. <laughs> but, okay, um, the fake it till you make it actually works. A lot of people have recommended it before, and it helps a lot with confidence. And honestly, if you can believe that you're going to do something, then you're a lot, 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 lot more likely to do it. And then... You passed piano, though. Like, you did it. You passed your sight reading exam. It's not like the examiner was just like, oh, let me just give this poor girl an extra 10 marks. I don't know how I did it, though. It's funny, because when I did my sight reading exam, I, um, I, <laughs> when I was done, I was crying in the car because I thought that I failed, and I thought I did terribly. And then... But, Ayo, you did not. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't know what happened. I think the examiner was just nice. But thanks, Amy. Uh, and you call yourself not humble. Anyways, <laughs> my sight reading is also... <laughs> and then don't argue with the results. It's like not everything is corrupt and not everything is actually <laughs> magically going to lean your way. You've worked hard and you deserve what you got. Aw, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I need so much reassurance from friends. It's like their job to just reassure me whenever I come to them. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> when we were making this podcast, we were saying like I was writing down some ideas, and I asked Amy how they were, and I'm like, Amy, I need validation. <laughs> you have great ideas. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, something else I wanted to talk about a lot was how do you draw... Oh, wait. Let me preface this first. So we said that being in a competitive school environment is good because you have a lot of like-minded peers to surround yourself with who are also ambitious, and then you can learn a lot of things from them. But then also it's harmful a lot of times because it affects your self-confidence, yada, yada, yada. So how do you draw that line between inspiration and comparison? Like, how do you make sure you're getting the pros and not the cons? I think it definitely is. But it's also a very good question. I think for me, it's just really important to remind myself of why I'm learning, why I'm at school, and why I'm trying to improve. I think that you can also just try and, I guess, blind yourself a little bit and not ask people for their <laughs> grades or try not to listen in. I think it's harder with your program because people are a lot more grade focused. But a lot of the time, I almost like to deflect questions regarding my grades. And everyone in my class and my program is super nice. And they won't um, ask you about it if you don't want to tell them. But I think a lot of the time, I just play my dad's words in my head about how I'm trying to learn and retain information. And that's really helpful for me because my dad is someone who... 
I really look up to and I really value his opinions. And I think having like someone you look up to or like a figure who tells you something like that is really amazing. Yeah, words of wisdom. What about you, Amy? I'll say for me, uh, obviously I care a lot more about this type of stuff. I am surrounded by a lot of amazing people. I love my friends. And then I look up to what they do and I feel proud of them when they accomplish something. But you can't get rid of that voice in the back of your head. That's just like, oh, why am I not doing that as well? Oh, my friend can do it, but I'm not doing anything. And then it's kind of back to the thing where you want to be of equal value (laughs) to your friends, which is a really messed up way of thinking about it. But of course you don't want to feel worse than them, you know? Whenever I feel inspired by somebody and what they're doing, or I feel happy for them whenever they accomplish something, there is always going to be that voice at the back of my head asking me why I'm not doing the same. Mm-hmm. Do you think that comparing yourself to other people can be almost a source of validation sometimes? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, like, I said that thing where everyone kind of considers themselves above average, right? And then I mm-hmm. think that's necessary Or I wouldn't say if it's necessary if you actually have a really good mentality in place. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to be worse than others. You don't want to be the bottom of the barrel, you know? (laughs) You want to be superior no matter how much you deny it. Unless you have a very good mentality, of course. But I've been working on it a lot. It may not seem like it, but I am trying to compare myself less with others because I don't think that actually yields many results. Mm-hmm. I will have a larger net positive in like my actual actions <laughs> if I change my mentality to think more about what do I actually want to do? Is this something that actually really interests me? Or in like feeling passionate about projects like these ones, you know? Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. I think that adding on to what you just said, something that helps me is to also take validation from teachers' comments and like what teachers write on your criteria sheet and what they say about your work. I think that that's more of a source of validation for me right now, or I've tried to replace that instead of comparing myself to other people. But along that line, do you think that it's possible to have a truly uncompetitive school environment? Hmm. I mean, it depends on the intensity of your school of course like if we're comparing our two programs mine is a lot more intense the thing is even if it's not competitive academically it will probably well it will always be competitive socially or in some other aspect because i think it's part of how Mm -hmm. human society functions (laughs) of just comparing yourself to others and then that's natural But in terms of students and their academic progress, the important thing is that all of them as individuals just learn how to think of themselves as not equal to others or special in their own way or actually work towards improving themselves and and thinking about what they actually want to do rather than just comparing their accomplishments to someone else. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that, like... We've achieved a pretty good mindset where we're trying to improve, and that's why we have this podcast. Yeah, or I know where I'm supposed to go. I'm not completely there yet, but we will get there. <laughs> yeah, we, we're on the way. We're on the path. We yes. might get lost a few times, might take a couple of wrong turns, but we'll get there eventually. Yes, Amy will mentally rewire 
and then do some <laughs> grace father techniques on her braids so she actually ends up getting better grades but she just lies to herself anyways <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you try it let me know how it goes i, I am genuinely curious i will try it i love learning oh my gosh <laughs> i'm not sarcastic no of course no. not anyways well i would say that that might be like i can totally see how that would be harder for you because of just the learning environment that you've grown up in and it's not even saying that one way is objectively better than another and i think academic success definitely plays a role in everyone's identity but how prevalent do you think it is huh, okay We'll we'll go back to Amy's little anecdote at the beginning. On top of the snide comment going, oh, we have different <laughs> values. I was also about to say, haha, sorry, I just relate a lot of my academic success to my self-worth, but don't worry about it. I didn't say it. I mean, we're working on it, but academic success is a big part of my identity, especially since I've invested so much of my efforts and mental space into getting good grades and doing well in school. Yeah, so if I don't do well in school, of course I'm going to feel bad about it because I'm, I'm supposed to do good in school. I'm a person who does well in school. If I don't do well in school, then ah, shit. Mm-hmm. What you just said, like, oh, because I'm a person who does well in school, I can definitely relate to that because I feel like that's what a lot of people label me as, I suppose. So when people label me as someone who's smart, that definitely um, becomes something that I would say is part of my identity. And if people label me as someone who does well in school, that also becomes part of my identity. I don't know if it's good to be seeking so much of my identity from external sources. I mean, how else would you gauge your identity without the commentary of others or comparing yourself to others, I guess? <laughs> And before we end this, I wanted to just make a comment. I think it's just important for all of us as individuals to recognize that it's not healthy to compare yourself to others all the time and to work on yourself and then find what you actually enjoy and what you want to work on. Exactly. That was a lot. Amy, do you think that anyone actually cares about any of this? Like, what if we're completely alone and no one relates to anything that we just said? You know, I don't like this stuff that I'm hearing here. <laughs> but, yeah, they definitely do. It's like I've had this talk with my friends before as well. And then we're all just kids who compare ourselves to our friends and feel insecure from time to time. But we're working on that. Yeah. So... If you relate, or if you have any thoughts you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send us a DM via Instagram. We're at tobehonestpod. Oh my gosh, yes. We would love to hear what you have to say. Ooh, and also, just earlier today, we found out that you could send us voice messages via anchor.fm slash tobehonestpod. To be honest, I have no idea how it works, but... If you have anything that you would like to send our way, we would love, love to hear it. Yeah, so thank you for being here, and we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Mm-hmm.